Hello and welcome to the Get French Football News preview show. I'm your host, Lewis McParlin, and I'm finally back from the cold from doing our GFFN live streams that went over the transfer window. I have to say thank you to anyone who tuned in when we were doing them. Uh, I also have to say a thank you to Jake Smale for doing his best impression of me for the last few weeks while he was taking over the preview show, but now I'm back. Looking forward to getting my teeth into the league action again. And uh, tonight, myself, Thomas Wiseman and Eric Devin will be taking a look forward to three of the games coming up this weekend in League 1. First up, we'll be previewing Saint-Étienne versus Nice as Les Aiglons. Current coach, Patrick Vieira, gets ready to face up against the club's former manager, Claude Puel. After that, we have Brest as they make the trip to Nantes. And then to close the show, we'll have a look at Marseille versus Bordeaux as the league's oldest coach faces up against the youngest. But before any of that, I want to have a quick mention of the recent international break that just passed. So France had a couple of games to play. Uh, they would have covered that, I believe, on the news show on Monday. But the most recent game that just passed is yesterday night, as the time of recording this, was France away to Croatia. France won 2-1. Griezmann got the opener quite early on in the game. And then Nikola Vlasic pegged back the match to 1-1 and then Kylian Mbappe scored a fantastic winner just before the end of the match a terrific team move I believe it was Pogba and then was it Digne who who put the cross across the box and then Mbappe just poked in at the back post to get the points for France in the Nations League I still don't really know how the Nations League 100% works, but at the moment, France set second, uh, drawn on points with Portugal. Um, And when they played Portugal, they had a a tough go at things. But Eric Devin, how did they bounce back here? A a 2-1 win. It's pretty solid against a very good Croatia team, I take it. Yeah, I I think that... The last time time these teams faced each other, uh, the Francis 4-2 win, I guess that would have been last month, uh, it was a very sloppy and very open match. You know, I didn't really see a lot of positives from either side, but I think this was a, a bit more of, if not a nutritional match, a match that featured a lot better organization. I think that uh, there was a lot a lot of positives to take from this in terms of France. I think that, you know, we're seeing, um, we saw a decent performance minus a slip at the beginning from Luca Dean. He's, he's someone who I think someone had questions about his quality, at least in terms of his ability to track back. I mean, that's that's something that's talked him throughout his career. But you know, with the injury issues and loss loss of form that we've seen from Ferlon and Benjamin Mendy, um, Didier Deschamps is still looking for a solution at left back, and, and Dean certainly may step in the right direction. Um, I think we saw another s- solid performance from Steven Nzanzi as well in defensive midfield. But I think the player that you know really caught the eye for me, especially uh, last night. Uh, was Adrian Rabio. This is a player who, you know, had a middling to decent outing uh, on Sunday against Portugal, but I think that uh, he was, you know, playing with a lot more verve and drive in this match and really showing um, the dynamism that is is really an important part of his game. And I think is really, you know, making a case for him. If, if Deschamps does want to play with this 4-3-1-2, and he's, he is on record as saying that he is using these three sets of matches uh, to experiment tactically and with personnel. But, uh, you know, a three-man midfield has been a, a part of that in, in some regard. And, you know, I think Rabio has made a, a really good chance at, at staking a claim to be a part of that starting three. You know, I, there's a, certainly been a lot of competition for places in that central midfield over the years. We, th- we think about Paul Pogba, Golo Kante, now Matuidi's out of the picture. 
Uh, but there's also Quarantine Toliso, and now Eduardo Camavinga is emerging as well. There's Hussein Awar. Um, but I think of any of the players who we would look at as having come off this 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 set of matches uh, in a better light than than before, it would have to be Rabio. Um, he's a player I think who some people may have lost track of. You know, since his move to Juventus, you know, for, unless you're someone who was watching Serie A week in and week out, um, you're probably not seeing him except in the odd Champions League match. So I think he's he's sort of shook off. Um, sort of the malcontent label that dogged him towards the end of his time at PSG and, and looks to be forcing his way back into Deschamps' plans in a rather definitive way. Mm. Yeah, I guess he's always had a bit to prove Rabio ever since, you know, a couple of years ago he was put on the reserve list uh, by the manager Deschamps ahead of the 2018 FIFA World Cup and then he, he basically said he didn't really want to be involved and whatnot, he didn't want to be on the reserve list, I believe is my understanding of the situation. So that was always going to leave a bit of a taste, a bad taste in the mouth of, of the French nationals, the France fans. But do you think he's kind of doing his best to put his name in a bit of a better stead? Eric since all that controversy, you know, he's came back into the team after a quite long layoff, but, you know, he's, he's playing for U of A now, he's playing for France, and he's putting in some solid performances. So is he getting, is, is he raising his reputation again within the national team? I mean, I think the fact that he's being picked regularly again is, is true. You know, I, I kind of questioned you know, what, what his role is gonna was going to be, given that, you know, we know, I mean, the pass that Pogba played for the for the goal, as you mentioned, was phenomenal. We know what's in his locker. We've seen Kimavenga score a first goal for France, and we've seen the ability he has uh, with the ball at his feet as well. So it didn't necessarily, to me, seem that there was a place in midfield for Rabiot, given that some of his competition has a, a manifestly higher level of talent. But I think that, you know, Deschamps, Frustratingly, it's to some to some extent has been a manager who has been willing to reward players for their performances with the national team. So even if Rabio weren't to be getting regular playing time at Juventus or not to be playing terribly well with Juventus, if he comes into the national setup and plays well, he's really staking a claim for himself to continue to be included and continue to be a prime a prime part of that side. Mm. Um. So would you say with these matches that we've seen and, you know, they've been scoring a couple of goals, obviously they put seven past Ukraine and that, and that friendly before the two Nations League matches, an L-nil draw against Portugal that was a, a bit more hard fought and then this win against Croatia. Are you excited by the French national team at the moment? You know, they've still got a lot to fight for. The Euros are going into next year now. Are you generally excited by the national team and, and, and their prospects of winning tournaments? You know, does the French national team excite you at the moment? Is is the idea I want to put across? They excite me. Yeah. <laughs> um. They they frustrate me. Uh, <laughs> they. Well, I don't know. Look, I think we have to take these this last set of five matches that is the three played in this break and the two played in September um, through the lens of of these players having come off a very unusual season, one that, you know, we hope is not repeated in terms of its structure. Um, and I think that there was, you know, perhaps some rustiness between, you know, how staggered their play had been and Deschamps wanting to play around with tactics a little bit. Again, I'm still not sold on Antoine Griezmann as a 10, but I think that there have, have been some really fantastic moments. I think that the play of Kamavenga in particular is something to get really excited about. Um, Hussam Awar showed some decent form and some flashes. There were some really brilliant goals. Uh, Kamavinga with an overhead kick for his first goal. Um, you know, really well, 
uh, really well taken finish uh, by Mbappe last night as well. So, yeah, I think that there are certainly moments about which to be excited based on the skill of individual players. Tactically as a whole, again, Deschamps is still a pragmatic, if not negative, manager. But again, the results speak for themselves. Finals of the last two major tournaments. Um, I believe they're unbeaten in Nations League group stage matches. Um, so yeah, I, I think that it's it's something that's been really impressive to, you know, again, build from the back and hope to hit teams on the counter with the pace and ingenuity that he's got in attack uh, in the likes of Griezmann and Mbappe. Okay, and uh, the next international break we've got to look forward to, if you're up for that international stuff, uh, will be on the 14th of November and 17th of November as France face up against Portugal and Sweden, just to round off that Nations League group stage, you know, I still don't really know what happens if you win it, but, you know, if they do win it, I guess that's good, isn't it? <laughs> so we'll need to see what happens then. Uh, let's move into some of the club action, though, set to be played this weekend. So the first match I want to address is Saint-Étienne hosting Nice. And and Thomas Wiseman, Nice, at the moment, they sit eighth in Ligue 1 with three wins, a draw and two defeats. But... Everything I read at the moment is is just criticism for, for Patrick Vieira. You know, oh, he's not a good enough coach, man. You know, with the squad he's got, he's not really taking them to the best level. You know, he's this, he's that, he's terrible, he's this, that. What, what do you think of the situation? Do you think that he's, he's due the criticism that he seems to get every time I, I look at Twitter? I think those comments, most of them have a reasonable amount of justification for them. Especially when you look at the past you know, the past season or so when there's been real investment from, from Ineos and there's not really many corners he can he can hide in, especially with the, the transfer activity they did over the summer. Um, they've got a huge... If you look at the squad itself, it's probably one of the strongest um, in terms of depth in the league. My only issue is that it's a very, very young squad and they don't have many players you could say that were in in their prime probably. Obviously Cyprian's I think he went to Parma. Um and the only real prime well, one of the only real prime players they have, luckily, is is Walter Benitez, who we've mentioned pl- plenty of times and he he has been their best player for the past two seasons and it's lucky that he's he's continuing um his good form. And it was surprising that Nice were able to lock him down to um, a contract extension, and they did that early on, I think, in the in the window. So that was good for them. But what I'm worried about is because they've got so many many young, talented players, is that Vieira doesn't nail down a consistent starting lineup, and that's what we saw last season, um, especially at the beginning. He just couldn't. He kept tinkering with the back. I think at one point the back line. The, I think it was a back back four hadn't um, been the same for I think it was some half a season or something like that. It wasn't, and they kept tinkering around. It was injuries here, injuries there, and then you know, I mean, Dante's always staying there, and then they sold Arel, who was who was uh, who's gone to Brest, and it was just a bit of a mess. So the upside of the the players they have is huge, and if they get they signed um, Renard from from Leon on loan, and if they can get him back to, you know, the the form he showed at 
um, in his last few months at, at Angers. That'll be huge because he's a fantastic player. Um, but I just worry that the amount of the, the, their depth might come um, back to bite them because Vieira just might keep tinkering. Well, can, can I say I, I don't know that he's necessarily been twink been tinkering this season. He's got he's had injuries to Robson Bamboo. He's had uh, and I mean Guiri. He's had uh, COVID cases. Yusuf Atal is injured as well. Um, I, think, I don't know. I don't yeah, know I think, he's necessarily been tw- been tinkering. I think he, his first choice eleven, if we include Ben Adelaide, is you know fairly certain he's going to. And you know, left back is going to be Hassan Kamara. Right back is going to be Yusuf Atal. Bamboo if fit will partner Donch. Um, you know, midfield three of. Do you think it'll be Bamboo or it'll be Palmard? Well, Bamboo is injured at the moment, but. He was starting ahead of Palmar uh, when the season started. So mm. I, I don't think that Vieira is tinkering necessarily. I do think that he, you know, and Dolberg missed the match because of the issues that happened to him with his car getting stolen and his house broken into. Um, so, yeah, I think that, you know, it's it's been needs must. But I think that the front the front three of Guiri, Dolberg, and Lopes is is going to be what makes that, is going to be what, what he's going to base, base that on, base his attack on. Um, midfield three of it'll probably be Renat Laid, um, Thram, Thram, and oh, probably Lise Malou. What's that? Oh no, sorry, yeah, you're right, Lise Malou. Yeah, and I think that that you know, if you've got Lise Malou and Renat Laid in the same midfield, you've got a lot of potential for goals and creativity from midfield. So I don't know, I I, I I'm not a Vera believer by any stretch of the imagination, mm. but. I do think that this season in particular, given the investment that the club has made this offseason, um, you know, we've got to think that even in only having Renato Laid in on loan, his wages are probably not going to be necessarily with, in, in line with what we previously would have expected uh, with Nice's wage structure, given given their 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 uh, financial might prior to the NES takeover. Um, so, yeah, I gosh, I mean, there's a lot of exciting players in this team Definitely. now. And players who've done it in Liga. And I think I really want to give him another month or so to see how things shake out before I'm willing to condemn him. Again, de- definitely he's made a lot of frustrating moves in the last, in, in, in the in previous windows. But um, a sign like Hassan Kamara, he might have been the best left back in Liga last year. Um, you know, I, I think that there's a, there's a lot to be said for this team. Um if they can, if they get a chance to not be affected by injuries, injuries were an issue last year as well. You know, Atal missed a large stretch of time. Um, you know, I think Cyprian's never really been the player that we could have expected him to be going back three years. I mean, there were there were some who might have thought he had an outside shot at making the World Cup before that ACL injury. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I just feel like I don't disagree with the fact that Vera sometimes seems naive, but I think that there are mitigating circumstances this season in particular. Yeah, I, I think I think sometimes you have to look at Nice in the few years that Pierre has been there. So what he came in the eighteen nineteen season, correct? That was his first season. Then last year was his second campaign, if I'm correct. Yeah. Um, so his first season was seventh. Last season he finished fifth. Like, what what do Nice expect? Do, do Nice right now expect to be finishing first, second? Maybe with the Ineos money that's been bringing in, that's been brought in, that's a it's a different situation. But I think last season, the season before, if you just look purely at points where they finished I think 
I always think some of the criticism's a little bit unwarranted. I know people say about the Malang Sar thing, and he's played at left back, played at left back, played at left back. Yeah, I get that. But I don't know. I just think sometimes a lot of the criticism put behind him is a little bit unwarranted. Although that said, with the Ineos um, takeover, there's going to be a lot more um, ambition from this nice side, this nice club, this nice organisation. Money's been put in. Guiri's came in. Schneiderlin is a bit of a, you know, he's, he's a known quantity. He's came in. Renata Leeds came in. Um, and also some slightly more unknown quantities like Danny Luke and Latomba uh, and Bamboo, I guess, as well, if you don't watch Brazilian football. But because of these acquisitions, Thomas, do you think there will be even more pressure on him than ever to succeed because yeah. there's been this investment in the side? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I mean the amount of money they're investing now. It's I think we've we've mentioned in the past that you know he has had difficulty with with injuries or a lack of a, a fleshed out squad, and now he's got that. Um, the frustration I see from from Nice fans is the the project might be ambitious, but looking at the the past few seasons. Vieira's the actual the play on the pitch and the tactics isn't it doesn't match up at the moment. Um, so hopefully with the the new the new players he brings he has in the squad now, um, he can start to to develop a more I don't know <laughs> impressive um, style of play. Mm. Eric, what potential do you think this team has then in its current form with the current players and the current manager? What potential do you think uh, Nice really have at the moment? I mean, I don't think top three. I think that, I mean, obviously PSG is going to take one of those spots. I think it's looking more and more likely that, that Ren will be there or thereabouts come the end of the season. I wouldn't rule out Lille either. Um, Monaco seemed to be doing some good things under Niko Kovac. I would say probably their ceiling is give or take where they finished last season, fourth or fifth. Um, yeah. Mm. You have to remember that later on to the season as well, in a couple of weeks' time, they'll have Europa League action to wrangle with as well. You know, do they, I, I guess they have added to the squad. Do you think they have a big enough squad, Eric, to really... Uh, compete on a couple fronts or if they go for the Europa League try and make something of that is their league action going to take a hit as a result of that um I mean it's going to be tough for every team playing in Europe that's that's true uh once we add in the fact that the French schedule itself is a little bit compressed I think most of those teams are going to be playing midweek matches just about every week um from now until mid-December save the international break of course um yeah, I, th- I think depth is an issue, but I also think that there's a lot to be said for, you know, this squad looking sharp. I mean, they're going to get, you know, a tough test. I mean, a way to Leverkusen to start um, for Nice is, you know, that's their first and most challenging match right off the bat on Thursday. Um, so I-, I think that they're in-, in good position to perhaps, you know, get if they get a good result there, then they can progress. Um, and maybe, you know... If they've got a match later in the group stage, they can they can rotate away from the Europa League. Um, I think it really depends on how their approaches that. But in terms of depth, um, uh, gosh, I I'm slightly hesitant. I think that there are enough players in the squad, but I think where I, I tend to struggle a little bit is 
is are is there are, are there enough options in attack? Um, you know, we've got the likes of Malita, Claude Maurice, Guiri. You know, I mean, Guiri did score those two goals against Lens, but I don't, I'm not really sold on him being, um, you know, that impressive of an attacking option, even if he probably isn't that 11 by default. Uh, if something were to happen to Dolberg long term, I really worry about their goal, um, their ability to score goals. So, I, I gosh, I think the jury is just still a little bit out for me. Um, there's the right number of players with first team experience. Again, it's it's just quality and experience that I think that 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 worries me a little bit. Mm. So they'll be coming up against uh, a San Etienne side in this one, who currently sits just one place above them in seventh uh, under Claude Puel. Uh, and I was looking at their their six matches so far, and I was going through the the lineups that they've had and the goals that they've conceded. And it's an interesting but quite obvious uh, vacancy that starts to take effect. So Wesley Fofana, who you know started this season, he started the first three matches for Nice San Etienne, three of which they won. I believe it was two. 2-0, 2-0, 2-0, uh, three clean sheets in those games, and then a little bit of transfer rumbles, he gets linked away to Leicester, he gets dropped, then he eventually gets that move. Since then, since he's been out of the team and the centre-half pairing, I believe, has been Kolejizak and McCudi, uh, it's been two defeats and a draw, seven conceded. Thomas, do you think this Fofana sale is going to have more of an effect on them this season? as would be outweighed by the financial incomes that they would make from the sale, if you know what I mean. I mean, it can't be much worse than it was last season for them. So so that's probably something. But um, definitely, especially now, um, even though he was declining last season, that like Perron's um, retired, losing such a influential player like him, um, as well as... You know they they lost, well they 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 sold um, Saliba and now they sold Pafana. It is it's it's a tough one to to take for them, um, but I I still think that a player like Makudi should be good enough because he showed when he did play um, in League Two he was a very good standard. He was one of the best defenders in League Two for for a few seasons, um, but he just has struggled to to really step up um, to the league again, but he had all the potential to, to be a good, um, a good replacement, whether they knew it or not, for, for those outgoing centre-backs. If, if you're Claude Puel, are you giving Loic Perrin a little text right now, saying, hey, <laughs> come on, do you want to get, get, get on the road machine, see if you can get your fitness back and come back for us? I mean, come on, that's quite... They've had... So Saliba left in the summer, um, went eventually alone. You know, basically their three best centre halves last season are all just been stripped away from them: Fafara, Perrin, and Saliba. That's got to take a hit. You know, do you, Eric, would you look at that and say, "Oh, that's good management," or do you say they should have seen that coming a bit earlier and maybe done something about it? Because I can't imagine that the Wesley Fafana sale was something that just happened in a week. You know, these transfers usually happen over months, right. maybe months. No, I mean he had made that come and get me plea. Uh, yeah, you know, some two weeks before he got signed. Um, yeah, it is frustrating. I think that you know, especially looking at this weekend. I mean, you know, I will get to the predictions, but I'm, you know, with Kalajdzic is suspended for this match. <laughs> you know, I, it's going to be it's going to be a hard it's going to be hard to keep Nice at bay. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily pick Nice to win this match 
Um, both teams were at their full complement of players, but I think at, at the moment it's it's really hard to see past Denise win because of that lack of depth in central defense. I mean, they've got Saidu So, who I, I don't know anything about, who came on in the, the loss to Lens on, uh, fortnight ago. But yeah, it's 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 didn't, something that is really worrying. Didn't they sign a? I'm sure they signed somebody on loan. Actually, thinking about it, the Greek boy from Leverkusen, Red yes. Retsos. I can't say I know anything about this boy. Right. Okay. Um, so yeah, maybe he gets to start. I, it's yeah. But the the thing is, the vibe I get from Red Sauce, like I said, I don't know much about him, so maybe I should have got someone else on to talk about him coming from a German perspective. But the vibe I'm getting is that he's a bit of a bench warmer at Leverkusen. Never really got loads of an opportunity. Like I don't know if you, if you've got two of the best French centre halves coming up at the moment, and you've got one of the best French centre halves of the last twenty years all leaving, I don't think you get a Leverkusen bench warmer to come in and fill that gap, you know? It's going to be a busy season for Jesse Moulin. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Moulin's obviously up to it, but, like, it is going to be a bit of, you know, it's, it's going to be busy. He'll be enjoying it. He's, he's finally playing after however long he's spent at the club. <laughs> what's, the, what's the update with Rufier? Do we know? Is he still in the building? I think he's still contracted to the club. I'm not sure... I've I've tried to like stay updated with it, but it just seems every time I look into any of the articles, there's just another furore that's going on with him and the whole team. But all I know is he's probably not available for selection at the moment. That was um, again, to be honest. I completely doubt it as well. Uh, going going into this season for San Etienne, do you think the miseries of last season have been completely forgotten? You know, you got to remember they were almost relegated. Generally, a, a club the size of San Etienne almost going down to League Two. Uh, Thomas, do you think that will be completely forgotten? Do you think San Etienne will once again be kind of setting their sights on a pretty high finish, or are they being a bit naive when they've got a similar squad, similar manager, similar setup to that club, to that um, squad that almost got relegated last season? Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't think it'll be as bad for them this season. But I don't, at the moment at least, I don't, I don't um, expect them to be challenging for for the Europa League spots. Maybe just on the outside, um, but from early on at least, they've they've really, well, <laughs> I mean, the gone is the midfield of Envier and Kabai, which was at times to watch. Kind of, it was kind of depressing. Let's not lie about that. Um, and they they brought in, um, well, they, they had Maddie Kamara at the club, uh, who did play last season a little bit, but he came to the the latter months at the end of last season. He's looked really impressive, and and Nehru as well, who's who came in from loan at, um, from Braga, and he's looked he's sort of adjusted quite well to the league, and and um, he's sort of nicely little pivot they've got going there, try and keep possession and. Uh, but the unfortunate news out of St Etienne was recently from um, Van Manson, the the, uh, the right back who actually's been playing left back and was one of the really early players to impress this season. But he suffered a an ACL tear on his under twenty one debut for France. So I think the the latest was he he'll be out till March, which is a big shame for them. Um, but it, at least from early on, it didn't look. I mean, they were not going to blow anybody away, but the the sort of new look to them afield um, was better to watch. Mm. 
this is so gutting for my son. Like, he kicked yeah. on this season, was just playing so well at Sanetti and, like, really having a big effect. And then, bang, you just get hit with that. It, it just happens sometimes, but, oh, my God, I, I don't know how you deal with that. Um, okay, let, coming into this match, I want your score predictions for the game. Eric, I'll start with you. Sanetien sitting in seventh, hosting Nice in eighth. How do you see this one finishing score-wise? Uh, 1-2, Nice win. Hmm. Yeah, you think those uh, defensive absences is really gonna is really gonna um, harm San Etienne in this one? Yeah, I, and I, you know, that but, but I'm tempering that with the fact that Nice aren't exactly potent themselves. Okay, so two one to Nice, uh, Thomas. How do you think it'll end up? Um, it probably will end up as a, a battle of goalkeepers between Milan and, and Benitez, but I'm gonna say uh, Nice one nil. Okay, I'm going to agree with you. I think it'll also be Nice 1-0. Um, oh, Sunny Etienne aren't going to really be held by all those absences, but uh, on the other side, those uh, two red cars, Kazri as well, won't be available. And he'll be a big miss, as we know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, 1-0 <laughs> uh, to Nice, surely. Um, okay, coming into the next match, it's Nantes versus Brest. Nantes currently sitting 16th in Ligue 1 after six matches, and Brest in 11th. Um, Eric, what, what have you made of, of Nantes so far? I, I can't say that there's anything overly expi- inspiring from their opening matches. No, definitely not. Um, I mean, well, Randall Kualamuani as a striker has looked good. You know, he's not, he's a very different striker than an Imont or a, or a Koulibaly who are more physical presences, more, more strong, more good in the air. I mean, Koulibaly obviously given his height, um, he's looked sharp, um, you know, and the defenses look good. But they've also had some issues with discipline. Um, uh, Girato being sent off. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think Nice are just, or sorry, Nantes are just going to muddle around and probably finish, you know, fifteenth again. I, you know, nothing ventured, nothing gained really. Um, they didn't really have the most brilliant transfer window. Um, I'm. You know, I'm trying to think. They brought in Chiravella, who appears to be a favorite of Gorkoufs already, uh, from Liverpool. Uh, they brought in Jean-Charles Castelletto from Brest. He's looks to be depth. Uh, Sebastian Corsia, you know, I think if he's motivated, he can he can be impressive. Um, you know, he's someone who has caps for France and has been a good player in Liga. But you know, I kind of wonder, given how poorly things went for him in Spain, uh, whether they, there's anything left to him as a player. Um, and then we've also got Jean-Kevin Augustin. Uh, coming from Leipzig, you know, a player who came through at PSG, um, looked to have a bright future, given how well he played in the 2016 uh, Under-19 Championships, again, alongside Kylian Mbappe, that's a tournament that, you know, we'll probably look back on with some uh, some consideration in years to come. But again, you know, this team is currently 16th. Don't look the sharpest. Um, didn't have any major departures this summer. Um, didn't make any major additions. Um, even if Corsia plays well, he is a right back. You know, he's not going to turn the world on his head from that position, especially for a team that needs goals. You know, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I, I, I don't, not, are probably safe, but it's more down to the teams that are going to finish below them being poorer than anything else. 
Mm. Yeah, not the best transfer window, I think, in terms of excitement of players you're buying. You know, Castelletto from Brest, sure. Uh, Moses' daddy, Simon, uh, signing officially for £4.5 million. Uh, Shiravella coming from Liverpool, bit of a under-23 bench warmer, pretty much, in my opinion. Um, Augustan, he's, he's, a, he's a weird one. Um, Thomas, you know, not at the, the best time in the last few years at Leeds and at Leipzig. You know, I know there was a bit of a legal battle over who he was actually contracted to, but he's ended up at Nantes. Do you think this is kind of a good opportunity for him to just be the attack for Nantes this season? You know, we've had um, uh, Randacola Mouani playing up front, but, you know, he's 21 years old. He's not got loads of experience about Lombomba, Emond, Koulibaly. They're not exactly the the, the the cream of the crop of, of French European strikers at the moment. So do you think this is a good opportunity for Augustin to really just go go to Nantes, carry the team forward? Because, you know, he does have a, a bit of ability, as we've seen in the past, uh, and make a name for himself again, Thomas. I think, it, yeah, I think it's quite a, a big sort of unknown around Augustin because if you think about his career so far, he hasn't really had any consistent... Um, consistent starts even when even when he was at Leipzig um but hopefully this is you know a chance for him to sort of get his career back on track where people thought thought it would be going um especially in his PSG days uh, but it's just a <laughs> I could see this going quite drastically one way or the other he could just be a, he couldn't even might, maybe he doesn't even start that much games and he has problems with with Gorkouf and and there we go another season or he sort of starts to he gives gets given the chance by Gorkouf and then oh wait a minute he's scored you know a dozen goals by the season so I think it could really go one of two ways for him. Mm, I I kind of want him to just get a bit of um I just want him to get some game time to be honest yeah you know, exactly yeah. I, I want to get a bit of an opportunity. I think a lot of players don't really get that a lot of the time. You know, they, they jump around from club to club and there may be a bench mm. warmer there and then they go to maybe a really good club, but they've got a lot of fantastic players ahead of them and it doesn't really get that opportunity. That happened a little bit at uh, Leipzig at times just with their fantastic attack that they've had over the last few years. Werner and Co. obviously, but I, I hope he just does get a bit of time because, you know, the players behind him, who will be playing behind him, Ludovic Blam, Moses Simon, Imran Loza. Last season, all three of those guys showed that they're very capable league and players. Simon as well could be, yeah. has been... And Bamba as probably, well, towards the end of the season. Kedar Bamba, of course, I'm forgetting mm. about him. Um, but, you know, there, there is some creativity in that team. It's not like he's going into an absolutely awful front line. It's just he really needs someone to kind of start making that team tick over. And I think if he's given an opportunity, it could be quite an interesting acquisition uh, for Nantes in that form and if I'm right it was a free transfer as well so you know win-win for everyone involved uh the team they'll be coming up against in this one is Brest um Brest obviously just in the summer there they lost Ibrahim Diallo he went off to Southampton Thomas you know he's obviously a very highly rated player last season in Ligue 1 how much of a loss do you think he'll be you know is he the type of player where the team's going to fall apart without him, or you can you kind of move on, even though he was a very good player. Yeah, it's a difficult one because he was he he has been very good for them. Um, even when he was, I think he was in alone from the league. To, uh, but I do like um, Bel Kebler, his partner, who's sort of gone underrated. I mean, he's not as good as Diallo, um, but he still can provide some solidity in midfield. 
But Brest are just really, I mean, they're just a really fun team to to watch. The, it's sort of what you expect from a, a Delaglio side, um, and they're really intense presses of the ball. They do leave themselves exposed sometimes um, because of that. Uh, but they showed um, when they beat the last game. I can't remember who they played against, but it was Monaco. Yeah, Monaco. There we are. But they um, they showed that they were able to sort of withstand that that pressure um, that Monaco. I mean, Monaco battered them for for most of the second half. <laughs> uh, well, they were, they were sort of they didn't produce that much chances, but Brest were able to hold out for it. Um, but they're just a really fun team to watch, and they have really quite a few um, good players. I mean, Deverne has has been a, a great centre back um, for them, and they've and they've got uh, best goalkeeper in the league. Well, he hasn't been that great this season. Last so, week. so I keep getting told about this kid. <laughs> so I keep getting told. I can't even uh, go against that because the other goalkeeper you love is my goalkeeper, <laughs> my team. Bernardoni, so we'll move on from that. Um, but uh, so yeah, they've got, they've got some some interesting players at, at the club. I think, I think it was um, Hyanga and Bok. He's another young player for them. And he's, I remember he scoring a, a scream last season. I think mm. it might have been against... Oh, it was against Toulouse, but that doesn't really count. Well, <laughs> it was still a great goal. Um, but, yeah, the Diallo loss will be, will be tough to handle. But I think they've probably got enough um, to to survive this season. They've got a few good good players coming through. Uh, young players that that should be stepping up. Are you uh, happy to see Steve Mounier back involved in French football, Eric? You know, I, I was going through his time uh, a couple of days ago at Huddersfield when he went over to England after that spell at Montpellier. Um, and I, I thought he was quite underrated generally when Huddersfield had that year in the Premier League and then when they went back down to the Championship. I always thought he was a pretty solid player there and I was surprised he never really got another move in England. But he's came back to France playing for Brest, £4.5 million. Do you think he'll do well uh, for, for Dallas? Leo. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. You know, say what you will about Dalio. Again, you know, as, as Thomas alluded there to, he he does have his teams playing on the front foot, come hell or high water. And you know, Mounier scored a lot of goals for Montpellier, not playing in a team that was that was working a particularly positive style. I could genuinely see him scoring. Okay, maybe not, maybe not twenty goals, but I could see him netting fifteen this season. Um, you know, he's he's a player whose mix of physicality and movement is is really good. And, you know, we've seen uh, players like Julio Tavares or Loestioni succeed at Dijon um, because of the focus that Delio does place uh, on his on his attacking players. And Mounier is someone who's demonstrated his talent at his previous stops. And I think absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, excited might be a bit of a stretch in terms of <laughs> vocabulary, but. I think he's certainly someone who looks a very, very canny by um, as a focal point of that attack. Because I was really worried that, you know, before his signing, it did it did seem that, you know, Brest were going to be, you know, perhaps relying on some car- some combination of Charbonnier, Fev, and Cardona for their goals. You know, all decent players in some respects with what they do, but none of them really a proven goal scorer at this level, uh, despite Cardona having a decent season last year. Um, but with Mounier as the focal point, um, yeah, I don't know. I think that's a, a quietly positive 
uh, sign for um, for Brest. Mm. Mm. I think it benefits um, Chabonnier as well because he he does like to sort of drop off. Especially, I watched them play against Angers and they <laughs> should have easily won. But um, Munier obviously gives you that that aerial don- dominance, and Chabonnier likes to drop off and and sort of link play um, between the forward players. But he's done that for for many years, so it bringing in Munier does benefit that, and they sort of work quite well in tandem, at least so far. Hundred percent, hundred percent. The good thing about having Charbonnier kind of involved in that front line is, you know, he's a guy who's maybe been there, done that. He's thirty-one years old now. He's going to be playing around players who are a lot younger than him. That Jeremy Lidoraron, who they signed, only twenty-two. Roman Favre is twenty-two, and Steve Mooney's got a little bit more experience. But you know, I, th- I think he'll be good to kind of hold that attacking line together with the experience he's got. Yeah, you have to remember, he, he go. He had um, nine goal contributions last season through uh, goals and assists. You know, I thought he was actually pretty solid last season for Brest, um, all things considered. Um, uh, but OK, coming into this game, I want your score predictions. Thomas, I'll start with you. Nantes sitting in 16th, hosting Brest in 11th. How do you think this game's going to go? Mm, um, I'm not really confident about Nantes, to be honest. Uh, we go for a. I'm not sure why I'm saying this, but a two-all draw. <laughs> two-all draw. That's very yeah. confident in none. Maybe one uh, uh, goal. You never know. Uh, <laughs> Eric, what, how do you think it's going to go? Um, I'll go with a two-one Brest win. Yeah, I, I have to say I'm holding a little bit more confidence in Brest than Nantes in this game. I, I don't know. I, I just don't see where loads of the goals come from from Nantes you know maybe Augustin starts getting going but he's going to need a couple of weeks to really get up to speed with Nantes and because of that you know I'm I'm quite pleased actually with the front line that Brest are putting together I'm going to back a Brest one as well I think it'll be I'll go I'll go 1-0 to Brest but I, I'm backing them to win it in, in some way I'm a bit more confident in them Okay, one more game to wrap up. We've had Eric leave us, but myself and Thomas are going to run our eyes over the Marseille versus Bordeaux game that's set to be played this weekend. Marseille sitting in 10th and Bordeaux in 9th. Marseille had quite a tough start to the campaign. You know, in their six games already, they've had PSG, Lyon, Lille and Saint-Étienne. Um, only two points from those four games but do you think we've still got a lot more to see from Marseille this season we shouldn't judge, judge them off those matches because they were quite tough fixtures in earnest yeah uh, I think so but also we've seen a, a sort of drop in performance levels from Marseille from from last season um, and I think it was something we all expected because they had such a small squad and the intensity that that Vyash Boas sort of set them up to play, um, including abs- absences, uh, was was always gonna gonna come to this. But I think they haven't. I don't think they've, they haven't won a game since that PSG victory. I think it was. I don't think they have. No. Uh, um, but it is early days for them. I think. Mandanda's been one of their best players. He's definitely most consistent. They signed Cuisance as well, which is exciting because um, he's he's been highly sort of rated for for many many years, even though he's 
you know, he's only 20, 21. Um, but yeah, it's, it, I think it, they're just going to, they'll grow into the season. Uh, but I think the biggest news from Marseille tonight is that Bounassar has assisted Eric Matson Chupa Moting for mm. Bayern Munich tonight in a DF, DFB Pokal game. You are joking. I'm not what? joking. Let me t- who, who are they playing? They're playing FC Duren. I've never heard of them in my life. Uh, what Bunasart? <laughs> Bunasart no, this is really, you know, this is 2020. Like, look at this. Look at this lineup. I know we're talking about French and all that stuff, but look <laughs> at this Bayern Munich lineup. Bunasar playing alongside Javi Martinez, Jerome Boateng, Jamal Musiala, who I saw play for England against Scotland when he was about 14 years old. Eric Maxim Chupamoting up front. Tumas, like, what is that Munich? I know it's obviously they're bloody good, but that's just hilarious to see Budasar and Chupamoting in that team. I mean, I like Budasar, but obviously Chupamoting's made himself into a bit of a comedy character with that miss against Nice a couple of years ago. Was it against Nice? The one where he like hit it off the line? Oh, uh, yeah. I can't, I can't remember who it was. It was it was it was it was a home match. I think it was against Nice. Um, but you know he's kind of made himself a bit into a, a comedy character. Uh, but, but yeah, I thought Benassar was always going to be a bit of a loss. To be honest, I really I really liked him. I know um Jeremy Smith, Jeremy Smith liked Sar as well, dude. Uh, but yeah, so you think it's early days? Like we shouldn't really judge too much. It's off early of days, this. yeah. But I would, yeah, especially because they've got Champions League. I would worry how stretched that squad does become now. You've got to remember, yeah, they're going to be going up against uh, in that group stage in a couple of weeks' time. So it's only going to spread the team thinner and thinner. And they've not had loads of... of let's let's look at their, their transfer window, who they brought in. They had Luis Enrique, the, the young striker, come in. Alvaro Gonzalez oh. got confirmed. Leonardo Balerdi came in from Dortmund. Uh, Yuto Nagatomo, Jesus, remember him? Uh, oh, he's kicking about 34 years old. That's great. Papi, Papi Gay uh, came in from Le Havre oh, via yeah, Watford. Course, yeah. But you know, I mean, like, I wouldn't say that's a window that prepares a team for a European attempt. You know, I mean, they lost Saad as well, and Maxime Lopez, love yeah. him or hate him, he's away as well. So there's not loads of squad depth. It's okay, going about it's now. okay, because they'll open the cupboard, the dusty cupboard, dust off. Oh wait, who's that in the corner? Is it? Is it? Is it Matroglu in the corner? Is he still there? <laughs> Bring him out of the cupboard. Here we go. We're fine. <laughs> Is he still at Marseille? I believe so, yeah. Because I'm not going to lie, I'm looking at their their squad right now, and I saw Matroglu, like when you were saying all that, I saw Matroglu come out, and I was like, surely not. I thought it was just like a mess up on this website I'm on, that he's got to move away to Turkey or something like that. I'm sorry. He was at PSV Eindhoven last season. He scored one goal in 13 games, which is great. Guess how many assists he got? Real real pass merchant. He got zero assists, uh, which is gorgeous. Average touch a match was 9.2. Okay, did, did he play that much? No, but I like ripping into Metroglou because it just seems I'm funny. Than it. What's going on? Because he's because he's not in this room to like mess me up. Uh, although he's, he is a very large man, I believe. Um, six well, foot six foot two, great great beard. Oh my god, yes sir. Um, <laughs> okay, carry on. Move on. But, uh, sorry, what are we talking about, Marseille? I've completely just lost looking at pictures of Costantinos Metroglou now. Um, but uh, yes, so Marseille had that start. Dario Benedetto last season he had eleven goals. This year zero goals, red card. 
do you think he's he's gonna pull back from this though? You know, was last season a showing of his quality, or was it a bit of a was did it flatter his ability up front? I think I think last season was his quality really. Um, I don't think maybe maybe you won't score that many goals this season because you've got the likes of Torvan um, back in the squad who who usually was the the main goal scorer at Marseille before his injury. Um, but by that, so I think it was quite a good signing to be honest. It wasn't mm. it wasn't amazing, but he was better than the the previous strikers they've had. Yeah, I, I quite liked it. And to be honest, at times, Marseille last season, just their whole squad, their team was just, I don't know the right word to say, they were just kind of crazy at times. They would just like mess up kids. Kevin Strootman, absolute massive, awful. Valentine Rongier is absolute running at you. Dimitri Payet is putting the ball through your through your legs. And then Dario Benedetto is just messing <laughs> up kids. I, I quite like Benedetto because he was just like leading that line for Marseille Maybe at they times. do have a, de- a deep squad. We just forget that they have players like Mitroglou and Strootman in there. He's like he's like the people were forgetting, and then obviously they've got um, bloody Tovan's coming back. You know, mm-hmm. Paye at times carried Marseille. Let's not lie. Do you think Tovan can kind of take a bit of the weight off his off his yeah. legs? I think they'll both carry Marseille. Um, a lot this season. I mean, especially last season, it was Pyatt was was brilliant to be fair, but um, and, and Tovan has showed, you know, he's not probably back to his full. His full um, potential or his best, but he's been still been very, very good this season as well. So mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, for especially going to their Champions League games, he'll he'll be able to to uh, keep producing that kind of form he showed in the league so far. Yeah, he's actually bounced back from injury better than I expected him to because then he's, I believe you said he has scored this season, hasn't he? Yeah, he got a goal, yeah. a couple of assists against Brest. He scored against. Uh, PSG got an assist against Leon. You know, he's he's actually bounced back quite quite well i thought he was going to be hampered a bit more by that long-term injury than he eventually did you know he bounced back quite quickly so hopefully he can affect them this season in a positive way uh marcy's opponents for this game it's going to be bordeaux they, they currently sit in ninth um if i was going to describe their start their first five games i would say it's quite soggy but you know then they got a 3-0 win against dijon just before the break so does that send them into this match with their tails up I think potentially um, they have been tough to beat for for the majority of the season. I think they set a record that was three consecutive nil-nil home draws, which I don't think we've ever seen in the league before. So that is sexy. that is something. Um, but the the I think they played they played Leon. Uh, they got beat by Lance, who at the moment are a, one of the best teams in the league, maybe the best. Um, but I think they've got a strong core to that squad. You know, Koscielny, uh, Bice, Costil, who's I don't I can't remember the last time he didn't play a game. It's probably like five years ago. Um, and the, the mess they had from last season seems to be clearing itself up, at least perhaps more so on the pitch. Um, but I, I do like that that back line, um, in especially central partnership. I like that double pivot they've got of Otavio and Basic, which is quite nicely balanced. You know, Otavio's a tidy player, strong challenger. He's sort of he's more of protecting the defence, and then you've got Basic, who's who's has a little bit more license to roam forwards and interchange with forward players. So they've got some interesting players in the in the team, and I, I really like Gasse. I mean, he has loads of nows, um, 
and he can bring some sort of stability to that to that club. And I'm sure you'll love to to hear about Josh Madger. Cause you, uh, tell me. You really tell me. like we, him. We, we no, go, just, we go for me. I just want to mention, you know, hopefully Josh Madger can get some more game time. Um, because, I, you know, he's shown even in the, the limited minutes he's played so far for them that he has he has had an impact on that on that team and they've brought back Ben Arthur as well which is always Dad, fun you took the question out of my mouth I was gonna I was gonna say Ben Arthur you know he's came into the team what, what what does he give you you know he gives you a lot of just a little bit of edge doesn't he a little bit of quality he can just kind of carry it, you through a yeah. match you know is he kind of what Bardo need at the moment if you if he likes to turn up then it can be really really great I remember when he was at Ren a few seasons ago he was really impressive, but it's all with Ben Arthur. It's all to do with his mindset on on what he's what he's trying to do, and and if he can if he can get in the mood to to start performing because we all know he's a phenomenally talented player. Um, mm. But all I want to see is Jimmy Brion get his hundredth goal. Is he still sitting on ninety nine? Ninety nine, and he, he's had I can't remember what which it was one of the recent games, and I can't remember what I think it might have been against Nice. And he completely scuffed a chance from about three yards out, and it was painful to watch. It's sure, okay, surely he's going to get the opportunity. To be to be honest, yeah. um, when I saw that they won three 0 just for the break, I was like, oh god, right, okay. If Josh Madge scored, that's class. If uh, Jimmy Brion scored, that's also class because then he got the hundredth goal. Went on, neither of them had uh, at the back of the net despite a three 0 win against Dijon. Your central striker didn't score. It was. Big uh, Tom Abasic, I know you mentioned a second ago. I really liked Tom Abasic. I thought last season he was like, I don't know, he just kind of, I didn't know much about him. And then I watched him a couple of times. I was like, wow, this kid's actually quite good. Yeah. Came from yeah. uh, came from Croatia, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of years ago. But I thought he was really impressive. Him in the midfield, Yassine Adley there as well, who I love. Um, Remy Udan in amongst there. Samuel Kalu. He's he, he scored a couple, a couple of weeks ago as well. I hope he kind of kicks on, to be honest, mm-hmm. because... Whenever I saw him, I think it was two seasons ago at Bordeaux, I thought he was really impressive, but then, you know, kind of fell off a little bit. But, you know, this Bordeaux side you were saying about their their core and the players that they've got, I think it's pretty solid. I don't think it's a bad squad, despite all the, you know, the the chat that happens about Bordeaux, how they're a mess and they've not got this and they've not got that and everything's going on there. You know, when you look at their 11, I don't think it's the worst setup right now. With Costil, Sabali, who was highly rated a couple of years ago, Yusuf Sabali, Loris Benito, Yassine Adli, Bassett, Depreville, who you can have a mixed opinions on. You know, I don't actually think it's the worst setup, the worst setup. And if they go and win this match against Marseille, which I think they have the potential to do, well, then you know, doesn't that just change everyone's opinion on this Bordeaux side? I think potentially. Um, they've not set the world alight, um, but they've been better than Marseille this season so far. Um, but yeah, hopefully they can sort of ignore what what happens off the pitch and uh i just like gasso i'm sorry he's just such a nice player like nice guy i know was there not rumors last season that he was gonna just retire when he left on etienne well yeah when he left on etienne he i think he said he was gonna retire and have a break i think he, yeah i was quite uh, glad he came back into it because i yeah. thought i still thought he had kind of more to offer yeah even though he's what close to 66 I was gonna say. I'll, I think I was looking at. I think I was looking at this before because I think he's sixty six. I think Boas is like forty one or forty two. Uh, so it's literally the oldest manager against the youngest manager of the season. There's no like absolute stalwart. Stefan's younger, isn't he? 
Oh, that's so well. I need to go change my intro then, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't be bothered if you came this far. You know, it's a you know, it's a good laugh. Ah, oh, Stefan is younger. He's thirty nine or something, isn't it? Well, that's funny. But <laughs> so it's oldest against the second youngest. Um, uh, okay, this game: Marseille versus Bordeaux. Marseille in tenth, Bordeaux ninth. Thomas Wiseman. How do you see this one going? I'm gonna go for uh, a one-all draw. A one-all draw. Um, like you said, Bordeaux haven't really been setting people, setting the, the world alight. I think they've got a good squad, but they're maybe not showing that they're now. Um, I think I may agree with you for a one-all draw. To be honest, Dep- depends what depends what happens. You know, if Marseille come on and maybe who was I was looking at? Yeah, Michael Cuisance maybe plays and he kind of impresses a bit more. I don't think he's really played yet. Uh, it could change the situation, but I think a one-all draw is probably the most fair result. I don't see anything insane coming out of this fixture. But yeah, I think I'm going to agree with you on that. I'll go one-all draw. Who 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 do you see scoring? Maybe we did that a lot last season. Who do you see scoring? Um, I hope it's Jimmy Breon. He just, like, a clearance hits him in the face or something. <laughs> uh, and for Marseille? Uh, no, um... <laughs> Uh, let's say oh, who could score for Marseille I'm, I'm going to go Yuto Nagatomo oh, yes. through the whole team yes. left back it's that way you know sometimes when you get a corner in yeah. and it gets cleared mm. and then it goes into the I line mean, of the fullback and it just Nagatomo blasts because even throughout even though he's old I mean throughout his career he's been a really I mean he never he never, never leaves anything on the pitch and he's a very hard worker so even though it's a, sort of a bit of a meme, is uh, is a rival. I do like it. Thirty-four years old. Where's where where was he playing? Where was he around about? I know he got signed from Galatasaray, but I don't know. I kind of like lost track. I mean, you ever get that with some players? They just kind of are kicking yeah. about and then they kind of just go off the radar for he was a while. At Inter for for the majority of his career. He was at Inter for years. It's when he went to Galatasaray, I kind of lost track. I thought he went maybe went to a couple other clubs, but geez, it was Inter years as well. I remember that. Ah, good player. I like Nagatomo. Um, yeah, Nagatomo, he gets a goal and bloody, bloody Pablo Castro. Big mental header at the back post. I love Pablo Castro, honestly. Castro and um, who's the other Brazilian midfielder, defender midfielder who uh, Bordeaux have? Uh, what's his face? Oh, I'm having an absolute mind blank. You've got Pablo Castro and then you've got... The centre-back, uh, yeah. Uh... I can't think of who I'm thinking of. Maybe he's left. Uh, oh, I don't know. Pablo Castro and... Oh, there's someone else I'm thinking of. I can't think of who it is. I don't know. Might have left. But yeah, big Pablo Castro. I love the boy. Leaves it all on the pitch. One of those players. <laughs> uh, but yeah, 1-1 one, one draw. I think both of us are going to be saying. And with that, I believe it's going to wrap up the first uh, preview show back since the international break. I've had a good time with it. We had Eric Devin involved a little bit earlier. He was giving that beautiful American accent to us all for ages. That was all very much appreciatado. Uh, and then also had Thomas Wiseman on uh, as well. If you're looking for more information on all things French football, you can go on the website at getfootballnewsfrance.com and you can also find us on Twitter at GFF 
N. Uh, and look, as well, we've got uh, our third edition of the periodical coming out, periodical magazine, the modern footballer, filled with all the best writing from our team, people from get French football news, Italian, German, Spanish. Um, Thomas, do you have a feature in this in this latest edition? Or not did not what, ask no, not you not to one, no. talk about the LNG stuff? Nah. <laughs> didn't, didn't get involved. No, in not that. on this one, no. <laughs> well, uh, but, oh yeah, it's good. It's going to be great. A lot of interest in it. Mm-hmm. Features on, on good teams. Ansu Fati, I believe, has got a very good feature coming in as well. Audrey and is going to be writing in it. Andrew Thompson. It's just all the good guys, you know. Daniel Pinder. It's your talented get football people. I'm not involved. They didn't ask me to talk in this one, but you know, maybe the next one they'll get me on the cover or something like that. You know, still not being asked to do a photo shoot <laughs> for the cover, but maybe next time. Uh, <laughs> Okay, and with that, I'm going to leave you all. I hope you all have a lovely weekend. Whoever your team is playing, I hope you lose. uh, And I'll see you next week on the next preview show. Uh, I'll see you later and have a nice week.